Tori Lynn, Ronnie, on a Wednesday. It's Godfather. It's trash. It's Tuesday. Did you miss us, Godfather? I do. I miss you guys all the time, man. Yeah, it's, you... uh, it's getting rough out there. And, you know, <laughs> I got to go online and watch you guys. Do you ever get pissed off about something in baseball and you're like, D- I wish I could just air it out right now with yeah, Rassi just... and AJ and Braun? Yeah, a bunch of things. One being AJ's voice, but yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I, I, I'll air him out any day of the week. But... You, can, you can quit at any time. No one's keeping you here. I mean, I'm here four days a week. You get one. You can leave any time. Hey, I can't leave you. Then what would you do? You'd be upset, man. Yeah, exactly. No, then I get, make fun of, uh... I get the old Scott. Yeah, that's not fun. Though. I didn't play. I didn't play the damn game. So yes. you try though. Uh, I did not try. No, you try. I try what? To act like you did. Sometimes. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Sometimes. I agree, AJ. I agree. I sometimes agree. you do. Kratzy has my back. I don't agree. Not I, once I will I ever say I can even touch a fucking. Ba- this no, is the most I'll do with the baseball. I'm, I'm not talking about like, oh, I can hit. No, I'm saying you say something. What by sometimes. giving opinions? Yeah, I mean, you kind of. I'm know, giving the fan I opinion. That's what I'm here for. I didn't play, but you know, anything you say before, yes, but. Yes. 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 Oh crap! Point it yeah, out. Yeah, but time. there's got. Okay, next time you say Scotty's. Scotty's a professional. He's a professional fan. Oh, exactly. Fan. I am a professional fan and a professional better. That is all I'm here for. I was going to say, you're for. more of a professional gambler than a fan. <laughs> no, I'm both. Okay. And many fans are both. That's so, right. I, I will say the one thing I have with Kratzy, because I wanted you to be on for it yesterday before we dive into the news. Oh, and also, Ryan Helsley from the Cardinals joining us. Can't wait. Blake Zeff, who writes the Mets Fix newsletter, kind of like a blog that people get every day, so he covers the team every day. He's going to join us for what I called a Mets therapy session with him. <laughs> and then Lucy Burge to help us with our bets. Wait, so the Mets guy, man, there's a lot going on. There. There's a lot we going on. Lot, there's a lot we can yeah. dig into with the Mets. Give me 20 seconds. Give me 20 seconds. The only other thing I wanted to say was, because I'm probably not going to have time for this any other place, Pirates lose again. They've lost eight of nine. The Rockies have won seven of nine. But I just I wanted to do it at a time when Kratzy was here. I know you were out for the last like 20 minutes of the show yesterday, Kratzy, but they're not good. <laughs> they got two runs over what the last nine, two or less runs in the last nine games. I'll give you another stat. There you go. Watch out, man. They Kratzy. lost 10-1 yesterday. Kratzy. And here's my thing. They're very... up one nothing right now, though. They're up one nothing. Wait, this is very simple, okay? They did something that if they did it in July, it would be like, cool, they're already 15 under. You know what I'm saying? This is the getting excited too early shit that happens every year. Mm-hmm. I remember. I'll give you one more example. I remember because I hosted the rundown on MLB for years with Kelly Nash and then eventually with Alexa Dat. And I remember there was one year the Rockies started like 20 and 10. And I was like, Alexa, they're terrible. And I couldn't like full on go after them all day every day because they were a little limited with how we could talk. But every day, like before the show, because she was like, I'm telling you, they're going to be good this year. And I was like, no. This wasn't during their playoff run. This was after that. I was like, I promise you they're not good. It's April. Mm. And it played out. So just wanted to say that. That's all. Crafty, any thoughts? No, I, I've talked to plenty of Rockies. You brought it up. Rockies are a great example. The season never really starts until the Rockies lose to the Dodgers. Like, that's, <laughs> that is, you know, that's when you get into the flow of the season. Some teams win when it's cold. Some hitters don't hit when it's cold. Now we're in May. Now you, and to me, this is why, you know, this show is great because we can't just sit here and be like, ah, the Pirates are going to lose. Pirates are going to lose. Just wait for it. Pirates are going to lose. 
Why do, why are they going to lose? What is the reason why they're going to lose? And hey, you know what? Pirates, make this change and you won't lose. But I promise having a having utility shortstops and a pitching staff that is below average is not going to work out for the long haul. Let's put it hey, that Mitch way. Hey, Mitch Keller's been good now. Uh, it's, uh, Mitch Keller has been good. Great. Mitch Keller's great. We yeah, talked about that yesterday. We gave them a lot of love. So, But after that, it's like uh, Vince Velasquez. And that water, water levels out. Charlie Manuel always said it. Water levels out. Hell yeah. And it's only early May. Oviedo. Oh, no. <laughs> Oviedo? The guy that St. Louis got rid of? Ryan Z. Contreras. Who? Mm. You don't like Ryan Z. Contreras? He's a great, great, great position player. <laughs> You're gonna make it seem like but you don't see, know. I know. I know. Did you even play the game? Uh, <laughs> I know who, who Ramsey Contreras is. You said Ramsey? Ramsey. Ramsey. R O A N S Y. Sorry, Roanzi. You're thinking of Ramsey, the the chef. It's okay. It happens. Yeah. Roanzi. Roanzi. That's why when I do games, I let the play-by-play guy say the hard names. That's the smart stuff. I pick the first or last, and that way, hey, Contreras pitching great today for the Pirates. Yes, yes. I used to do that for hockey when I I would host NHL Network. I would just say the first or last name, and sometimes I wouldn't even do that if it was too wacky. I would just be like, 89 just scored a goal. Panthers are on the board. (laughs) And then the Kevin Weeks or Mike Rupp or one of these guys would jump in and be like, Mershikov, he was great on that play. I'm like, Yes, he was. <laughs> anyway, one more thing. Uh, FoulTerritoryShop.com for uh, hat, shirt, situation. We already had to do a show. little restocking. Well, it's FoulTerritoryShow.com. No, that's not true. Oh, it's not? It's both. Oh, so we've upgraded. We have both sites. All right. Foul Territory Show takes you to the show. Within that, you can click on Shop. Or if you want a shortcut, which I'm all about making everyone's lives easier, FoulTerritoryShop.com. Yes. Now, Mets, go ahead. Now, Mets? Let's charge the damn mound, shall we? <laughs> and let's start with, okay, I'll give you an option. Either Scherzer injury or how much they suck right now against bad teams, too, in yeah. Rockies, Tigers, and now Reds. Yeah, they're killing their, they're killing their, I don't want to say they're killing their season, but they're killing their start. Rockies, Tigers, Mets, those are the teams you say. Reds, not Mets. You said Mets. Rockies, yeah. I got Reds, you. Mets, you. They're both about the just same for the right trolls. I'm They're just this troll away. They're both the same right now. The problem is, is the Mets are supposed to be this team that beats up on these teams. You look at their, with Scherzer, Verlander, their whole team, and then their lineup. They're supposed to be the team that takes these lesser teams down. And guess what? These lesser teams are getting hot against them. So maybe we overvalued the Mets, but the Mets have weird injuries. Scherzer with his neck. Scherzer missed ten games with the rosin. You know, Quintana goes down. Carrasco is not there. Lindor hasn't hit this year. It's just been like, man, what is wrong? Fraser, you're, you're around the Mets. All the time. Like, Mets <laughs> are going to met. We always say it, but, man, they're metting hard this year. Yeah, I, I just – they're not sinking. It's weird. I, I watched the other – actually, we watched yesterday. I was cleaning the dishes. You know, I was doing something productive. And I was watching the game, and I'm like, man, what it just – seems like no energy. Everybody's down. An injury happens here or there. Um yeah, it's, it's just frustrating. There's no answer to it because I've played for the Mets and there's always been something, whether it's a media having a problem or a player having a problem, and now you're losing the teams that you should be beating. It's, uh, 
it's frustrating, man. Up in Queens, I, I, don't, I don't know what the answer is. Um, another injury happened with Scherzer. You know, is it going to be long-term? Hopefully not. But, you know, you, when you're playing in Cincinnati, I always tell guys, when you're playing, you know, you're playing Colorado, you're playing Cincinnati, I always tell Pete, I'm like, listen, you don't come home with two or three homers, man. You're doing yourself an injustice. So be ready. He's got one, but they got to win these games too, man. So it's just, it's very frustrating. Uh, teams are just piling on runs against them, and that's probably the, the very most frustrating part. I mean, seven-plus runs in these last couple of games, that's probably the most frustrating part. So, Yakabonis went down, um, you know, another injury. So what do, how are we going to pinpoint it? Buck Showalter got thrown out yesterday. Was he trying to spark plug the team? So, Eric, I, I don't know the answer right now. Yeah, I mean, that is the age-old question. When you spend $353 million and you just expect it to happen, that's not how it works. The game, like, Escobar is going to go through struggles Beatty can't catch the ball in the, you know, and they're not calling prospects up. They're still, they're still having issues with like anybody, but Alonzo, like doing something. Everybody has, I say, I think I said it about a week ago. Everybody there has to do what they came to do, whether it's bring energy, whether it's be a home run threat, whether it's a on base guy like Nimmo, and when they try to pick up the slack from other guys, you get frustrated because you're like, oh, man, like I tried to take a power swing when I shouldn't. Have, you know, I sh tried to take a, you know, I tried to take an extra base when that's not my game. And I think they're built to be a good team. I think they've gone through some like schedule issues, too, with that whole week. And I completely agree with you, like the whole no life thing. You know, they came back last night. They didn't quite finish the deal. So I feel like there's some momentum there. They're still about a 500 team. And anytime you go through a struggle and your struggle is right at 500, two games under, I think they're 17 and 19. To me, they're a team that's still on the up. But the run differential is going to tell you it's not. Like their pitching staff really is what needs to pick it up. Well, the problem is they're already eight games behind the Braves, who, me included, considers probably the best team in the National League. If not, the them and the Rays are probably the best two teams in baseball right now. The, Met, the Mets are going to have a hard time catching the Braves because they don't play them 19 times. They've already played one series against them. The other problem is when you play the Rockies, you play the Reds, you play the Tigers, these are the teams, like Todd said, you circle on the schedule and say, Man, we got to win two out of three, if not sweep these. And I know there was double headers involved, but still, like if you're a three hundred dollar million Met team that's supposed to go to the World Series and you know make Steve Cohen this greatest owner of all time, you got to step it up. And and it's I'm not there. I don't know what's going on every day, but man, it just seems like Buck. You bring in Buck, right? Because uh, I forget the uh, the guy. Um, what was his name? The guy who was his manager before and say, bring in Buck, because he wasn't the answer. Rojas. Rojas, sorry. And then you bring in Lindor. Alonzo was there, but you bring in Scherzer. You bring in Verlander. You bring in Ottavino. You bring in Narvaez. You bring in Escobar. You bring in Quintana. You bring, resign Nemo. Resign Nemo. Resign McNeil. All these guys, right? And where are they? They're 500 team in the second half of last year. Let's not forget. They weren't very good either. They limped into the playoffs, got early exited. What are they? 
maybe they're just not that good yeah. as a unit. Now, individually, mm-hmm. but for some reason, there's missing something. Maybe they need Kratz to come in there and trip and fall on introductions. I don't know. <laughs> I'll Look, do it. Listen, <laughs> Atlanta's running away with it right now. Everybody, oh, it's early. It's early. I don't care what you – I don't believe in early, man. You look back – I said it before. You look back at the end of the year, and you're two games out of getting a wild card. You're two games out of winning a division. Well, look back at your um, year. I mean, what happened? Well, we lost a the game. There's usually five to eight games, which I, in my opinion, that you look back and, like, damn, we should have won those games. We were up two in the last inning. We gave it up. Or, you know, an error, whatever. There are five to eight games, in my opinion, that you look back where we should have won those. But then there's other games like now where it's like, what are we doing? And they're eight games out right now, dude. That's a lot of games. I know it's. I know people say it's early. It's the second month, but eight turns into twelve. Twelve turns into fifteen, and then you're 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 you're, you're stuck. You know, at the end of the day. So, what do you, you have to figure it out now? I don't care what anybody. Oh, it's early. No, it's not early. Put that out at the window. Every one of these games count, and you gotta you gotta win two out of three from these teams that you're supposed to beat. I have a buddy who I was texting this morning who's watched every Mets game since he can remember. Everyone, even when they're terrible. And he said, this team feels unwatchable. It's some of the most uninspired baseball I've ever seen. That resonated with me because he's watched awful teams in the past at times. He will stick through it and watch 162. This isn't an awful team. And on paper, it should be a good team, if not a very good team. So when I hear that, and for me, admittedly, I'm watching all 30 equally, especially right now. Will I watch maybe a few less Rockies or Tigers or whatever? Sure, to an extent. But for the most part, I'm watching Mets just as equally as everyone else. So I'm not watching every single pitch in second. Getting that from someone who is, that's a problem. It's a big deal. Yeah, because we we crushed the White Sox for that. Or the Mets flying under the radar for that. Uninspired is what you don't want to hear from a fan base. Because the fans expect when when they see you play and they see you show up to the park every day, they pay their hard-earned money, they expect you to give them a show. Even if you lose and you – but give them something. Give them a hey. I want to really be here. I I want to I want to play for the Mets. And if the fans are saying that, as Yogi Berra said, it's getting late early, boys. And your eight back of the Braves ain't slowing down. And the Phillies haven't gotten hot yet. They're supposed to be there. The Marlins are ahead of them. But the pro- the other thing you have is the, the other teams. Arizona, San Diego are both supposed to be good. Right, there's only, I know there's three wild cards, so you have the three division winners, but then San Diego probably going to get one of the wild cards. Another NL East team, or the Dodgers. Don't call that okay. division yet. I, mean, I, I know no, what I'm you're just saying. saying right now the Dodgers are ahead, but San Diego's probably going to get one. Yep. Another East team is going to get one, so there's one really one spot open, and that comes down to maybe Arizona, maybe the Cubs, maybe Milwaukee, depending on who wins the division, maybe the Cardinals if they get hot. So there's not a lot of room there. It's it's probably worse in the American League than it is the National League. But there's not a lot of scenarios where if they hover around 500, then, oh, we're going to win eight of our last 10 to sneak in. But then you lose in the first round. Like, that's a that's a bad year for the Mets with the expectations. Unless your starting staff is set up well and suddenly Scherzer and Verlander are clicking. 
But if you're at the end of the year and you have to win eight out of ten, usually you're fighting till the last day. So you yeah. have to just pitch your guys wherever they line up. You don't get to sit back and say, hey, we got a ten-game lead, boys. Let's rest Scherzer and Verlander. First of all, Verlander's pitched once this year. Pitches today. Pitches today. But Scherzer's been in and out with a variety of stuff. He's got neck spasms. And the quote that stood out to me from him was, I'm trying like hell not to join the IL, which also rhymed, so props mm. to Max. I'm sure he wasn't <laughs> thinking about that, but he has a five-and-a-half ERA in his five starts. He had to miss about two weeks with the bullshit that has been well-documented on this show. But mm-hmm. teams lost seven of eight. It revolves around Scherzer and Verlander. I was thinking about this this morning. I go, what's the identity of the Mets? The identity of the Mets is run prevention, which really you would have looked at Scherzer, Verlander, oh, those should be win days most of the time, and Diaz is closing things out. Well, Diaz is out for the year. But still, I look at the team. What's the identity? To me, it's Scherzer, Verlander. Right? Like, we talked about the Red Sox a lot yesterday. Built on starting pitching. Those guys were supposed to be kind of the the, the blue, right? And their offense is overrated in my mind. It's just, it's okay. It's a little bit top-heavy to me. Defense, okay. Defense has always been kind of a problem there. Yes. A little bit of a problem. Marte's not having a good start. Mm-mm. Lindor hasn't had a good start. The, the, the Beatty's, like Kratz said, it's offensively he's been okay. Defensively he's been bad. Nimmo's been good. Escobar's fallen Escobar's off. Escobar's fallen off. McNeil's been okay. Alonzo's been, hit homer or nothing, which he always is. But he's the only one. you got to have another threat in the I lineup. Agree. I agree. Especially which can be payroll. Lindor at times. Yeah. It can be when he gets going, but, man, it seems like it's taking him a long time every year to get going now. It's probably hard. You live there. You know Mets fans. It's a tough know. existence. I Mets, know. Jets, bro. They're ba- it's they're, bad. You it's... know, so to hear your guys say, ah, they're like, they're uninspired. This is the Mets. This is the Mets fans. Like, they're, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put too much. I got a buddy, really You're good right. friend, who's a Mets fan. And he's like, you know, he's living high in the offseason because they're spending 350 then they go and get Correa, and then they lose Correa, and then, you know, this is the time of year Mets fans are like, this is this is not going to go well. And then, you know, mid-July, they coughed up the lead to the Braves last year, or it was June maybe. I think the Braves were in the exact opposite situation last year as the Mets. The Mets were like 10-plus up, and they started coughing that lead up. And then by the end of the season, like they have to, as a team, rewrite that narrative and as an organization. And I think Steve Cohen brought in the team that should rewrite that. But it's up to the boys, boys on the field and Buck Showalter to kind of get out of his own way in the sense of like, if Beatty is hot and you know, he may not be, you know, he might be a defensive liability, move him up in the order. Alvarez has been swinging pretty well. Move him up in the order. And if you don't like Beatty's defense, boom, he gets his third, fourth at bat. Defensive replacement. I know it's not something you do with a rookie, but look, this isn't a team that's looking to, like, grow rookies. They're looking to win. And if the rookie's playing the best, put him up there. That dude's got a great swing. Maybe a best swing, left-handed swing for a Met prospect since, wait for this one, Mike Jacobs. <laughs> I like the look you just made there. You gave like, <laughs> hey, Jacob. Mike Jacobs hit homers and punched out a lot. What a great <laughs> swing! I never said he was yeah. a great player. I said great swing. 
Beautiful. Why? Because it was long? Why? Because it was really long enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's super long. Scott. Sounded awesome. He had the perfect shades on. Craig Brazell, another great Met prospect. I thought you were going to like a Dom Smith. I'll leave it, leave it at no. – I like Dom. Dom was, is a good dude. Hey, last thing I'll say about this, and I'll leave it at this. Mets fans, they, everything is blown up out of proportion. So you got you to take it for what it's <laughs> worth, but at the same time – Fans, they're used to it. Like the, I mean, they forget in '15 they had that, that shot and they, they almost won it. And like, ah, they we're gonna lose again. Like, the uninspiring thing they use, they use some SAT words in there. Not even uninspiring. Like other words that are are gonna be like, wow, I didn't even know that was a word. So that's what they do. They blow it up <laughs> out of portion of what they really think. But they're gonna watch every single night the team. They're gonna yell at the TV just like every other fan. But for some reason, it's the Mets. And they want to blow it up even bigger. So take what they say, but don't don't take it too far. Yeah, no, they were freaking out before losing seven of eight. Most Mets fans were like, <laughs> you know, when when they were like four and four in their last eight, they're like, mm-hmm. worst team ever. This, this team's terrible. So, by the way, was I allowed to say Mike Jacobs had a long swing, or does that make no. it like I played? That makes it like <laughs> you said. That, that, was, that really? was a little pitching coach. That, no, that, really, that makes well, that you was, a scout. That was honesty. That was honesty because he had a long scout. swing. He had a long ass swing. So I was so doing nice. the check, just making sure. I just wanted to clarify. I'm Scout I, I, Scotty I Braun. Yeah. Well, let me give you a little analysis. I did the rundown on... once or twice. Yeah, exactly. Which means nothing. Uh, I just smiled. It was there to smile and have my hair <laughs> high to be. Let me get a little analysis on Noah Syndergaard's finger. Did you see it? Wait, another Met. Oh my goodness. Former Met. Yeah. But yeah, yes. no, I, you know what I mean. Of course, Bill Plunkett, Orange County Register. Dave Roberts said an IL move with Syndergaard is, quote, a possibility. You will know more in the next couple days. We want to give Noah and the training staff some time before we make that decision about his next start. And this is one of those times where if you're just listening to the podcast, I advise you to check out the YouTube version Mm. later on when you're not driving. Mm. That's the worst one I've ever seen. That looks bad. And I've seen them. I've seen guys with the the blood under the under the uh, tip of the finger from the seams. And I've seen guys in the in the corners of their fingers right here where they get the, the yeah. blister it's usually the middle finger one of the corners from the way they hold the ball and they press them but that one looks like because they get it on the tip of their fingers either one from the seams and, and it's dry so it's a little bit sticky so it kind of catches a lot but that looked like not only was it bubbled up but it burst already and that's it takes a while to heal and people say ah, oh, just put some uh new skin on it the stuff that like covers it but it never goes away because the next time you pitch, guess what? You're warming up in the bullpen and it goes, rips again. So it takes a while to, to get rid of those. That's, yeah. That's a good one. That was mm-hmm. – I saw it. I saw it when I was watching the highlights. And that picture right there shows you the guy. I don't, I don't think that happened just today. I think it was something that was happening. And you, to me, I look at it, especially where it was at on his index finger – Normally, like AJ said, you get it in like the corner, the nail kind of bends back. Some guys will get it weird, like they'll get it like on their thumb or something. But that one, it makes me think, and I want to look it up here while we're talking, but it makes me wonder, like, is he throwing is he throwing his, his sinker differently now that he went to the Dodgers? You know, you go to the Dodgers, you go to the Rays, you go to the Brewers, and, you know, they switch something in your pitching, and now all of a sudden you're using this. You know, what's the Dodgers formula? I wonder if it has something to do with that because, you know, and maybe maybe he's been a blister guy for a while, but mm. it's weird to see it where it is, and maybe he's used to it. But that was that was sick. 
Every time you put, now on a baseball, every time you put pressure, well, you're going to have pressure no matter what. You know, fastball, it's going to push here. Curveball, it's going to push on the side. Change up, it's going to get the other side. So now it's, that's, that's like an IL stint, if I'd have to say so, to be honest with you, to let, the, let this thing heal. That's, that's going to take a couple of weeks, I would assume, at least. You know, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that much blood on a pitcher's yeah. hands since that time Trevor Bauer cut his fingers with the drone. Remember, he was pitching in Toronto oh, and his yeah. pants were covered with blood. And he was trying to pitch, and they kept showing it, just dripping down his hand. Yes, mm-hmm. good call. Good, good move, Trevor. That was a good decision. On WFAN, Evan Roberts and Craig Carton. Um, Who think dudes that don't watch baseball, honestly, oh, <laughs> uh, think that there's cheating going on. I could say it. I would bring them on. They're, they're not watching many games. And I'm saying this to be fair, if you're covering every sport, like it is impossible to say, oh, I'm watching every Yanks and Mets game. Like they're watching NBA playoffs, those guys right now. So they also think there's cheating going on. So let, let's run this first. Listen, I just laugh when I see AJ's picture up there, but there, there's a there's a problem. Here, I mean, let's talk about this real quick, guys. Let's talk about speculations. We always talk about speculations in life, in sports, accusations, speculations. They kind of coincide with each other. Talking about the Tampa Bay Rays, boys. Craig, I know you really well, and you're you're a smart man. But you, you can't just be blurting that out, saying, hey, listen, the Tampa Bay Rays must be cheating because they're winning so many games. I know it's frustrating. I know, Evan, you say you're not a Yankees fan. I understand, but you just can't be blurting that stuff out, man, when there's no evidence. So where you're from, where I'm from, there's got to be evidence on everything we talk about. I like you guys, but this, this was a tough take right here. And I hope you're right. Evan, I hope you're right, man, talking about going on the athletic at the end of the season and you find something out. I do. I hope you're right because you'll be a smart man then, but you got to have some kind of something written down, something. I mean, something you say it makes no sense because, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense right now, guys. I don't know. What? That they're playing good That's ball? They're a really good team? <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> first off, for context, I want to run the sound of what they said. Is playing stupid ball right yeah, now. Yeah, and there's something suspicious about that, by the way. Yeah, they're probably Very suspicious. I, I didn't say it. Yeah. But all I know is I'm a baseball fan. I know baseball. I like baseball. I was very skeptical with what I saw this weekend. Yes, me too. I have no evidence but other than... journeyman uh, outperforming Bro, the baseball cards. All of them. Christian Bethencourt? Hello? Taylor Somebody. Rules? Yeah. What? Because you know what we do? Most of us do. We don't know who they are, so we say, oh, the Rays are brilliant. Here's the problem. I know who they are. They're not good. Yeah. The Rays are 19-3 and three at home. Yeah. Hello? Hello? Is everybody going to wake up? Are you going to wake up when the article's written in The Athletic, or are you going to wake up now? Sometimes you don't need evidence. Sometimes you got to say, what I'm watching doesn't make sense. Yeah. So I'll do it. I'm not a Yankee fan. Okay, I have no hand. reason to say I'm going to raise my hand. Yeah. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm seeing in Tampa makes no sense. No That's sense all. at all. That's all. No. Hello. Hold on. I know this is big in New York markets, the sports radio. and Just saying random just shit. Just saying random stuff to get people to tune in. Yeah. That's an absolutely horrible take. You know why the most horrible thing is at the beginning when he goes, I'm not saying they're cheating, but, Scott Braun, but, what did I say about but? Anything you say before but doesn't count. But, 
they're doing something down there. They're a terrible team. Well, guess what? Garrett Cole had a 6-0 lead in blue. So you're saying they cheated because they scored six off Garrett Cole and then came back to win the game? That's why you're saying they're cheating? You're saying they're cheating because they have better scouting than you do and they don't pay as much for players as you guys do? How are they cheating? They have a light that tells them – how are they getting the signs? They're like a guy in center field with binoculars putting a light on? They, they have, like Todd said, have some evidence. Don't just do clickbait. It's it's bad. But he's not going to have evidence. He, he's not so. tied into the game at all. Well, that's my point. At all. It's just a clickbait. Hey, listen to my radio show. I'm going to say something really stupid. He doesn't know anyone on the team. He probably barely knows anyone in baseball, period, the dude that was calling it out. Literally probably knows how many phone numbers of players, coaches, managers, front office people do you think he has? Over, under, 0. 0.5. <laughs> 0. 0.5? I'm he's going probably under. Got one. He's probably Maybe got one. one. Maybe one. Or this guy if he hears this, he's probably going to grab one real quick just to try and prove me wrong. Which He who, doesn't know shit. Who was that guy? And he's going to which be the most brilliant man if something guy. ever came out, which it's not. And here's the other side of it. If we get to two years from now and we look back and we're like, they didn't do shit. Nothing ever came out and there wasn't ever anything. Guys just making shit up to try and get listens and get attention from people like us. No one remembers it. No one cares. You know what I'm saying? So it costs you nothing to throw out garbage all the time. It's the same thing with people that make predictions every day. And I'm not talking about betting. I'm talking about people that just throw out random ass predictions every single day. And then when they're right, one out of a hundred, they're God. Come on. Enough. That's- it's so true. It is radio. We have it here in Philly. Like radio guys are sitting there going, like if you watched like the barometer of they stink, they're the best. They stink, no chance. Why is this guy playing? How did he make the All Star team? Oh, he stinks. You know, it's just a roller coaster of you. You, you got You have there's so much content, especially when you're talking about baseball. There's so much content to be had. You don't need to say something like this. Like you're such a troll saying this. That you know, you know for a fact that when you had your meeting, you're like, hey, I'm going to bring it up. Oh, really? Will you? Oh, cool, bro. Yeah, man. And then you just get some clickbait. It's just, it's like, have some evidence. Have something that you like, hey, you know what I saw? They, you know, they picked up this in his start. That's, that could be something, but come on, don't, don't throw out just because somebody's doing well. Oh, yeah, definitely. I know these guys. Oh, do you? You know Christian Bentoncourt and the path that he's taken from being a hitter to a pitcher, back to a hitter, playing in the minor leagues for three years, and now he's receiving the ball really well. And, oh, he's getting an opportunity to hit because he plays every day. He's a career 300 hitter, top ex-top prospect for the Braves. Oh, okay, you do know Christian Bentoncourt. My bad. People eat it up, man. That, that's the problem. People will eat this up. <laughs> People will eat they this up. eat it up. Spit it out. Monday morning quarterback, as they call him in football terms of Monday morning, you know what, pitcher. I don't know what you want to call it, but they will eat this up, and that's what they do, man. That's what they do up here, and people are in their cars like, you know what? They're on to something. We're going to find it. And then, you know, you talk about it at the bars, and you hear about what this guy says, and that's that's all it is. That That's all it is. And as you know up here, you take things with a, you know, with a grain of salt, and, you mo- and most of the time, you move on. And most people, I'll hear it at the Little League game tonight, bro. Do you hear about, you know, what whatever Roberts and, and Carden said? I'd be like, yeah, I heard, man, but I got a game going on. I don't want to hear the crap, you know. So, but 
I'm telling you right now, if I if I find somebody tonight at the Lilly game, I'm gonna videotape and be like, hey man, what? It, go ahead, ask me what you just said. I'll, I'll have at least one <laughs> or two people. Yes, that heard it. Hey, if you, if you're a baseball fan, you actually watch games, you know how trades work and all of that, and you want to lose brain cells, listen to that garbage. <laughs> I'm telling you, because I've done it. I grew up in the area, so I dealt with it. And it, it was a little better when I was growing up, but nowadays, especially the past 10 years, being in the in the sport, and when I'm home and I listen, I'll pop in. I don't listen often anymore, honestly, because I'm not getting anything from it. And I, I've already really lost plenty either. of brain cells. Well, you're lucky. Orlando. But wait, this is like the average combo. Same combo they're having there. It's like they'll take a rando mid-level prospect on their team and think that he should be traded for the top pitching candidate that's going to be dealt away at the deadline. It's textbook. They get calls on it, and they'll, they'll call out themselves. Hey, hey, you know what? Why don't they just trade Cabrera for Dylan Cease? Tell me who says no. How, how haven't they done that yet? I'm like, dude, enough. It happens all That's the time. A bad accent. You should have a better accent. Because Kratz, Kratz <laughs> just wipes the floor with me. I, I kind of like that accent. That might have been more mm. like a Jersey City accent. But you're not getting a bowl with that kind of accent, Scott. <laughs> That's for sure. Hell no. You're going to have some water ice. No, water I'm ice. saying the water. dude Roberts. The dude Roberts. And I don't know him. I'm just saying you sound dumb when you say that. You do. You're just calling random shit out. You sound dumb. It's just a bad look. But it's a great look because he's going, I got all these ball players to talk about me for 10 minutes. How you doing? Which guy was that? Evan Roberts. That's the guy who that's said That's the it. name of the guy. I mean, I don't listen to him, but that's his name. Yeah. Who, so. and who's the other guy? Craig Carton. Craig Doesn't Carton. he do a show with uh, the, the ex-baseball player guy, Decker? Cody? Yeah, Cody Cody's Decker? awesome. Cody watches. My, my problem, real quick, and then we got our guests ready. So for someone like Craig, and he would definitely say it's not, I've had conversations with national radio people, right? Mad Dog's the same way. Chris Russo has been on the radio forever. People love him. You can't, some people love him. (laughs) You can't watch everything. So right now they're locked in on NBA playoffs, watching every second of it. They're not watching pitch by pitch of, of all MLB, let alone Yanks or Mets. They're not. They'll catch maybe a few minutes of highlights. Sure. They could say, Oh, I got every screen open, but they're talking about the big national story for their show. And that's fine. It's just you're not capable of being locked in. So, all good. It happens. You know who is locked in? Blake Seth. Oh, boy. From Mets Fix. Joining us right now. Blake, how you doing? Great to have you on. <laughs> Metsfix.com. Catch the newsletter. You can see many more articles on the website as well. And you can follow them at Mets Fix. So, this is all things New York Mets. I know we're a little New York heavy today, but... Mm. It's that kind of day. So I texted Blake last night and said, I think we need to have an emergency therapy session. Blake, great to have you on and Thank let's you. vent. Listen, I'm, I'm feeling better already just because we've got the author of one of the best home runs in Mets history on with us right now, Todd Frazier. So I'm already feeling a little bit better. <laughs> we run home run off and do a little. I still, talk, I, do, I still replay that home run like on YouTube when I'm in a bad mood or if I'm working out, I need to get revved up. So thank you for that on behalf of millions of people thank you man. Um, appreciate that now i feel even better now with these two guys <coughs> excuse me i can't even talk i'm choking up i'm so excited thank you <laughs> yeah never forget so yeah scott man listen it's it's a disaster <coughs> i mean i heard you talking about those you know those crazy trades and i was like what you're telling me we can't get ronald acuna for calvin ziegler i mean this is the situation <laughs> right now where the mets are just 
they're decimated. I don't even know where to start. I mean, one place is just the pitching, right? Like, if you were to tell me that Verlander and Scherzer would have a total of 27 innings pitched at this point, and they're, you know, the combined ERA is over five, I could tell you right off the bat that that is a guarantee that the Mets are not having a good season. The way they built this season, look, they don't have young pitching. And so they got the two most expensive guys who are old, great, but old. And there's a risk that comes with that. And the risk is not paid off. So you've got those two guys barely even a factor. And when Max is pitching, he's getting hammered. So there is no, there is no argument for the Mets. There's no theory of the case. There's no vision for them having a good season if those two guys are not healthy and dominant. And so far, they've been neither. So what's here's your, your thing is called the Mets fix. What's the fix? I'm glad you asked. So look, this isn't going to fix everything, but this organization has just been so weird when it comes to prospects. And I'm curious, you know, what you guys, the veterans think about this, because I'm sure that there is value to having the experienced veterans and giving them the playing time. And in the clubhouse, I know that they're popular, but what the Mets seem to do is they've got Brett Beatty, who was ready by all accounts at third base. He was, you know, had a slugging a thousand OPS in Triple A. Everything they asked him to do, spring training, crushing the ball, and instead they just wanted to go with Eduardo Escobar until finally um, they just had no choice. Escobar was under the Mendoza line, and Beatty was just killing it. They finally bring Beatty up, but they insist on batting him eighth or ninth. Same thing for Francisco Al- Alvarez, the catcher, is supposed to be the best prospect in baseball. They they, they don't want to bring him up. They've got Tomas Nito, who's you know a great guy, good fielder, but he's a career maybe two hundred hitter. They finally bring Alvarez up when Omar Narvaez gets hurt. And then what do they do? They have him batting ninth. And, you know, and he's been one of the best hitters on the team in the last couple of weeks after a tough start. Now, in terms of moving forward, what do you do? They've got Mark Vientos, who you just look at any leaderboard in the minors right now, and he's crushing it. Ronnie Mauricio, same thing. And those guys, they can't find a spot on the roster for these guys, even though the club is several games under 500 and can't get any runs. Uh, Mark Hanna, Daniel Vogelback. Uh, these guys are just not Eduardo Escobar. These guys are not doing it right now. So my fix, <laughs> for lack of a better word, is let's see what these young studs can do because some of these aging veterans just don't have it right now. Wait. So first, I have to ask a question, and then it's going to be a follow. Are you a Mets fan? Yeah. Like through and through, lifelong. Yeah. You love the Jets. You love the Mets. Unfortunately, yes. Okay. So. That brings us, because that's what we said before, like Mets fans think the sky is falling. Now, let's go back to last year at this time. Were you already getting your tattoo for the Mets World Series championship? No, and it's a great point you're making. And in fact, I think there's a real lesson, right? Like, which is the Phillies. You can go back two years, right? The Phillies last year, they were slow and steady. They were in that wild card spot basically the whole year and then peaked at the right time, right? And then even the Braves the year before, they didn't really get hot until the end. So you're right. There's plenty of season left. I'm not saying the sky is falling at all, but I am saying that the signs that you're seeing are not very positive. And it's funny. I was at the game. I happened to be in San Francisco a couple of weeks ago when the Mets were there. This game when Joey Lucchese debuted and the team looked great. They were really doing well. There were several games over 500. They just had a really bad two weeks. And so I think what you're kind of saying is let's put things in perspective. I totally agree. I'm not one of those nuts, those crazy talk radio guys, long season. And you want to peak at the right time. As long as they get in the playoffs, I'm happy. But right now, it looks like these young guys are doing everything they possibly can do to get the call. So I'd like to see them get a shot. But did you say that on April 3rd? Or are you just saying it now on May 9th or 10th? I thought Beatty and Alvarez should have been the opening day lineups. Vientos and uh, Mauricio, I think, they've just had such a good 
month and a half here, a month, month and a half that it seems clear that they deserve a shot. But yeah, I'd say, you know, look, one of the things in fairness to the team is that there's been such a shocking number of injuries, particularly the pitching, and that's not something you can predict, right? And so one of the problems really is that Carlos Carrasco has barely pitched. Jose Quintana has not pitched at all. Verlander's only pitched one game. Max has been on and off the, the, the IL. So what they've been forced to do is rely on David Peterson and uh, Tyler McGill, Joey Lucchese. And these guys are good sixth or seventh or eighth starters. But after a while, if you're relying on them for two months, three months to be your second and third pitchers, it becomes really tough. Blake, where are these kids going to play, though? Because remember, Lindor, shortstop, McNeil second, Alonzo first. You have Narvaez as the catcher. You have Nimmo in center. You have Marte in right. You have Escobar. You already brought up Beatty. Alvarez came in because Narvaez get hurt. Yeah, it's great. Everyone says, oh, man, we want all these young kids to come up. But they have nowhere to play because there's big contracts. And I know they're the Mets. They have a lot of money. But also, normally when you call up young kids, you don't hit them third or fourth in the lineup. You hit them down. And then lastly, for me, you can't win a pennant as a Mets fan. If you go into the year and you say you have these four young kids starting – Mets fans aren't going to be that excited. When they hear the names that they signed and they brought in, yeah, we're we're back. We're spending all this money, right? Now you change your mind because they're 17 and 19? Yeah, in terms of where they play, great question. So Mauricio is definitely – he's just locked. You know, he's just got a problem. He's blocked for a decade because Lindor's at short. So what they've started doing is having him take some reps at second, and the idea would then be that McNeil could go to left field. Mark Kahn is a nice player, um, great guy. But he just really hasn't been performing. He didn't really perform much last year either. And this year, you know, he's around 210, a couple of homers in left field. So the idea would be Mauricio plays second, and then you put McNeil at left field. Um, in terms of Vientos, the idea is he would probably be the righty part of the DH platoon. Right now you've got Vogelback as the lefty part of that platoon, DH, and then righty. It's kind of been a toss-up. You know, they had Darren Ruff. They got rid of him right away. And you guys might agree with me here. Actually, that they were too hasty in getting rid of him. I think they got rid of him even before the season started. Um, I would have given him a shot. They got rid of him. Now they've been putting Tommy Pham in there sometimes. Um, sometimes Canna. They've been kind of finding their way there. I think Vientos is the righty part of a platoon in the DH. Makes a lot of sense there. Hey, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about this. Um, Jacob deGrom when um, he didn't come back with the Mets. Did you feel like he was going to come back for one? And I, I think it's Zach Wheeler as well, because when I when I was there, there were two big guns right there that I felt like, you know, they couldn't, they shouldn't have left. They, they had to find a way to keep him there. What, what, you, what were your thoughts on the Grom leaving and uh, as a true Mets fan? Yeah, I mean, it was devastating. I mean, look, the thing with Jake is when he, you know, when he's pitching, he's maybe the best of all time, or he's definitely the best in the game. He's, he's a freak. It's unbelievable. It's such a treat to watch him. He had a really hard time staying, you know, healthy, obviously, the last couple of years. So when I saw that Texas, you know, wowed him with so much money that even Steve Cohen didn't yeah. want to match it, I kind of understood you can't blame the Mets. And they had what seemed like a very good backup plan in Verlander, which, you know, who could, who could complain about that? I think they announced that a couple of days later. So it felt as a Mets fan, you're sad to see Jake go because he was truly an all-time great for the team and obviously even the, the league. Um, but again, calling up, you know, signing Verlander right after that, you're able to dry your tears pretty quickly. Um, in terms of Wheeler, that was a tough one. I mean, he really started to excel towards the end there. He did. Um, you know, you were there. And then to see what he's done since then, I still root for him, you know, even though he's not on the team because he was a, he was a great Met. Um, and uh, they definitely could use him right now. Let me tell you. I mean, they could also use Seth Lugo, by the way, a guy who's sort oh, of under God, the, yeah. the radar <laughs> who San Diego has now. He always wanted to start when he was on the, on, on the Mets. He did. 
I wrote that I thought they should give him a shot. I thought, you know, he had the arsenal um, to do it. He had several pitches. He could command. And when they asked him to spot start, he did okay. San Diego was one to do it, and he's been pretty good. The Mets could definitely use him right now. Yeah, Lugo's pitching again today. So I want to shout out an individual fan. I brought him up towards the beginning here. His name's Zach Schwartz. He's a buddy of mine. He's watched every single Mets game, Said he said, since he can remember, and he's in his mid-30s. I'm also shouting him out because he introduced me to Mets Fix, which is why nice. we're here, right? He's been a devoted fan there. So he was very adamant on getting a question in there, and I told him, of course, that's what we do here. So, And I'll mention what he said and what I mentioned to these guys at the top was, he said, for as long as I can remember, even for some really bad Mets teams, he's watched 162 a year, but this team feels unwatchable. Some of the most uninspired baseball I've ever seen. So I'll get your comments on that. But also his question was, something has to change, right? Most teams, when they're going through a rut, especially if this goes for another week or two, teams will do something. Often it's the hitting coach. He was like, would they maybe look at the pitching coach in Jeremy Hefner? I disagree with him because I'm like, you got an injury in Max. You got Verlander just coming back. Diaz out. Like other injuries with Carrasco, Quintana, etc. I was like, I, I don't think they're touching Jeremy Hefner. But wanted to get your thoughts on on who would get axed as a coach or maybe a player cut or something to shake up what they've got. Yeah, I'm actually with it more in the school of thought of like AJ and Kratz. Actually, I'm more of a I'm like a, a, a not overreactive Mets fan because they can be so reactive and crazy. I, I don't think anyone should be fired. Why should Jeremy Hefner be fired for the fact that like five starters have been hurt? I mean, he's not a doctor. You want to fire the trainer or the doctor? Maybe that makes sense. Um, I think you know Hefner did a great job last year, so I think that that's premature. What I think could be more likely are two things: one, changing the batting order. Buck finally started to do that a little bit. Um, Sterling Marte is obviously an incredible player, but something seems wrong with him. He seems like he either is hurt or he's having a hard time recovering from surgery. So they finally moved him down from the two hole to number six, which I think made a lot of sense. They moved Beatty up from eight or nine to now he's batting in the fifth slot. I'd like to see Alvarez move up from nine to maybe seven right now. So I think they're a little, you know, they've been doing some tinkering with the order and actually has been a little bit better the offense. And I think they should do a little more of that. You know, the other thing, like I said before, is I don't see a harm in bringing up one or two of these guys who are just crushing it in, in, the, in the minors when you've got, listen, if the, if the big league club was hitting well, you'd say, all right, leave, leave it alone. But some of these marginal players really are struggling. And I'm not saying sit, you know, Francisco Lindor or something crazy like that. But if, you know, Ronnie Mauricio means that um, Mark Hanna gets a few less at bats, I don't think that's the end of the world. Ditto for, you know, Vientos instead of Tommy Pham. So I think those are the kind of things that you might see. You know, you're not going to see major acquisitions in May, right? You're not going to find you know, a major trade. Um, that's just not realistic right now. So they kind of have to figure something out, keep, keep, try to tread water until we get to you know, the trade deadline area. Then you can do all sorts of things. But for now, I think it's let's just, if we can hover around 500, just be within wild card reach for the next month or two, I think that's okay. That's good enough. And then you pounce in July. Yeah, and I think, you know, AJ brought this up too as well. You don't bring up young kids not to play. I think that's the biggest thing going on in any organization. But now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot the shit what you hear about. Let's pretend we're at a bar, you and me, all right? We're talking Mets baseball, which I know you love to do. I like talking Mets baseball too. My son's a big fan. We always talk about who's going to be better, Yankees or Mets. Let's go. We just had a drink. We're talking, shooting the shit. Hey, what, what do you think the Mets are going to end up at the end of the year? Whew. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I try, <laughs> try to be really optimistic. This Come on, feels, we're, at, we're at a bar. You and me talking. Hey, man. I know. Listen, saying? buddy, because it's you. I got to be honest. This is yeah. feeling like an 87 to 89 win team to me, which okay. you know could be enough to sneak in and get that wall card. That's all I want right now. 
Just yeah. get me into the playoffs, okay? And then anything can happen. The Padres, the Phillies, we saw what they did last year. Now, so are you, are you, wait, time out, time out. We're talking, I'm, I'm going to interrupt. Are you begging right now? Or are you getting greedy saying they're going to get there? I mean, I'm praying. I'm praying. Well, let's <laughs> See, that, that's that's the Mets fans I know. That's the Mets fans I know for sure. That's where I'm trying to get at for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm praying, Todd, but I, I think 87 feels realistic. I mean, look, you yeah. know Cohen's going to spend some bank at the at the break. The Mets fans want Otani. I think that's obviously just asking for the moon. I don't need that, mm-hmm. although I'd love to get him in the offseason. But that's sure. that's the chatter you're going to see from these Mets fans. Let's get Otani at the deadline. Um, I don't think that has to be the answer, but you know they'll get some reinforcements. I, you know, mm-hmm. look, if this team is 500 until the trade deadline, could they end up 87, 88, 89 wins? Definitely. And then you got a shot. Would you agree that – People's baseball cards kind of, you know, kind of tell the story of what you're going to get. Yeah, usually that's the beauty of it, right? Like 162 games, you end up at the end of the year, you look back and it all sort of, you know, evens out. So it's, it's you know, it's like also if someone who starts off really hot, right? Like you got to know, don't expect this guy to hit 360 the whole season unless he's Tony Gwynn, right? So that's going to even it out. And I think that's totally right. You got to wait the season and see what happens. The problem is though, some of these guys on the Mets that I'm talking about, not Marte. Marte was incredible last year. So I'm sure he's going to be improving as he gets more healthy. But I'm talking about guys like Cano. I think he's a great guy and a good player. Cano, Escobar, those guys were in the 230 range last year too so we're now looking at a little bit more of a bigger sample but for sure um you know someone having one bad month is not something to overreact to for sure so you brought up mark canna a lot the red hair assassin is getting assassinated by you so if i told you who, who you're calling up to play left field majority against lefties is gonna have a eight fifty three ops for the rest of the season would you take that guy Sure. He might, hit, he might hit 230, 235, but he's going to have an 853 OPS. It's a little tricky to answer it in that way. I'm not trying to dodge the question because I think this team lacks power. And I think they really need someone who can if, put it this way. If Alonzo doesn't hit a home run and Lindor doesn't, basically no one on this team does. So I would prefer if that, if you told me it was like 780 OPS, but 23 home runs the rest of the way versus 850 OPS, but six home runs, I might actually take the home run guy because this team just lacks pop. And it's too hard to play the station to station ball when you've got, you can't just put it on Alonzo and Lindor every freaking game. It's unfair to those guys. And it just doesn't work. So I don't mean to cop out on your question. I think it's totally a good one. But for me, if it's, if it's the guy with more pop, even if he has a slightly lower OPS, I'll take it. No, I, I get that, but you're not going to get somebody with a 7, 7, 7.30 OPS with 23 pumps for the rest of the year. Right. But so if you think if you think baseball cards level out, you might as well start playing Mark Canna a little bit more because he's going to get there and he's going to get on base. Like it's part of I know I know uh, Buck gets so pissed off guys get hit by pitches, but they brought in dudes that all lead the league and hit right. by pitches at some point in their career. So. To me, if you saw Canna do what he's done for his career, you were juiced about him until about two months left in the season last year. Like, to me, wouldn't you say, move him up in the lineup because he's about to get hot? I actually love that way of thinking. It's similar to like the stock market, right? Like you actually want to buy when like the stock is low, right? Because then it's going to go back up. So I like that. That's how I think too. To me, the problem with Kano, who I keep saying like I really like him because I really do. I think he's a good player. I think he's not a great fit for what the Mets need. He's a guy who works to count. We already have that. We've got Nimmo at the top. We've got a lot of players, Vogelback, who will work counts and will get on base. That's great. 
yeah, if you have a bunch of those guys, it ultimately feels very station to station. You're not getting a lot of run production. So what I think this team needs is someone who can slug the ball. So maybe it's not kind of, let's not pick on him. Vogelback, that's another one. If he's just going to be a two home run guy, which I don't think he is based on what you're saying, especially with like the back of the baseball card, he's always had more power. I think he's going to hit some more. So I'm not so worried about him. Kenna, I, I don't think he's going to hit as, as many uh, home runs. But anyway, that's why I'm picking on Mark, just because for me, it feels like maybe he should be batting ninth or something like that, where his ability to be a pesky bottom of the order hitter is great but buck's been having about fifth or sixth and in fairness to mark it's just not the kind of guy he is he's never had more than 60 rbis in a season except for once that year in 2019 when everyone was hitting jacks all the time so for me it's not that kind of player and he's kind of being put in the wrong place and not you know put in the place where he can succeed the best does that make sense like yeah totally like for me the whole thing that i've got is you hate mark cannon you hate daniel vogelbach you love prospects <laughs> and the mets are treading water with a 350 million dollar payroll so there's a lot of there's not enough fixes, I don't think, for what you just said for us to get into. We'd have to take three days to get into it. But it just it's amazing that as a Met fan and what Frage was saying, oh, we got a $350 million payroll. Everything's fixed. Cohen will buy it. Sometimes you always can't buy it. You got to develop. You got to put these guys in the right spot like you're talking about. So very insightful on the Mets. Yeah, I, thanks. I totally agree with what you're saying. I mean, the problem is – if you don't have the Mets as a franchise of historically, I mean, Frazier knows it for whatever reason, they've always been developed great pitching, right? Great young pitching. We talked about Jake before and all the way back to Doc Gooden, Seaver, Nolan Ryan. It's, it's been going on and on and on, right? Like all these guys. And yet now we're at this weird spot place in the franchise history where there's not a single blue chip pitching prospect on the horizon for the next couple of years. And it hasn't been for a while. And so what they're trying to do is to tread water. Like you said, AJ, by buying, you know, Verlander and buying Max and spending it as much on those guys as some teams pay for their entire payroll. And, you know, they're relying on older guys who are Hall of Famers who are incredible. But if that bet doesn't pay off, you know, it's kind of a house of cards and it reveals that this, you know, we talked so much about the lineup. It's really the pitching in some ways that's really been the story. And so without those guys uh, performing and being healthy, it's really revealing and exposing a lot of the weaknesses underneath those $250 million. Blake, do you feel any better? I told Thank you. you. Right? Been great. <laughs> Good venting. Uh, Blake, if you really want to feel bad, uh, Volpe just hit a grand slam to make it 11 to two Yankees. So oh, I don't care. A little better. Thanks for that. Appreciate that. Yeah. Have a yeah, drink, Yankees guys. Are... See ya. They're also playing Oakland. Well, yeah, but still. That's the biggest auto. Uh, I, I don't. Hey, hey, hey Scotty, Scotty, you can't go there. It's like when Tampa yeah. played. Oh, they are playing Oakland. No, they, they won their games fair and square, right, Scotty? And guys, yeah, of course they won their games. I'm no, saying no, it's, it's terrible. Good teams beat bad teams. Scott, that's, that's a fact. It. That's why I've been so depressed, guys. You're like, why yeah. is this guy so angry? It's because they've been playing terrible teams the last week. It's the Rockies, the Reds, the A's. They're losing to all these terrible teams. It's depressing. It's worrisome. You know, if they were losing the, no the, the Braves, I'd get it. But these teams that are just, you know, 10 and 24, and then they sweep the Mets, that's that's what's worrying me. But I, I, I agree with you guys. You got to give it some time. I'm going to chill. I'm going to chill. So, so, so he's saying wild card. Inside. I'm hearing him out. Wild card. He's, he's talking yeah. wild card. I got you. Hey, listen. Tread all water you, at 500 until they get a wild card. That's what he said. All you got to do no, is no, get, no, no, get No, 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 AJ, until the deadline. Till, till Cohen spends oh, more bucks yeah. in July. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's, it's all on Scherzer and Verlander. If they are who they are, that's what this team will look they like. They are who we yeah. thought they were. Well, that's been the identity. <laughs> Last thing I'll say, because I know you guys are getting after with him, like, the Mets for years now has been, you look at the top of the rotation. Last couple of years, it's like DeGrom and Scherzer, right? Oh, if we can just get in, 
that's a freaking force to deal with, regardless of the team. Before that, even, DeGrom and Syndergaard, when he was in his prime. Harvey. Harvey. Now we're at the same case. They do have an identity. Top end of your starting pitching. That is going to decide who you are. You're going to live and die off that. They've The offense is going to have ebbs and flows, and to me, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's top-heavy, but they pay huge money for guys to be Cy Young winners, basically, mm-hmm. even if it's on the resume and it's not in the future for them. So that's my take. But okay. um, Blake, this was awesome, man. And again, at MetsFix on Twitter and also MetsFix.com. Um, sign up for the newsletter, and appreciate having you on, man. This was fun. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so you know we've got yeah, a he lot. He knows way too much about the Mets. He knows way too much. That's his job. I know. <laughs> I love how AJ just like drops that line when he's gone. Oh shit! <laughs> he still hears you. I know he does. Um, I know. That was great though. No, it was he, good. He, knew, he knows his shit. He can right? tell you like who, what, who's hitting what in the in the extended spring right now. This guy hey, prospect. That Volpe Grand Slam four forty to dead center. I didn't know he had that juice. By the way, sorry. He's not a big dude. Letting him play. He's got pop. He's got pop. Let, let bring him up play. young kids to play. Right, yeah. Grazzi? Bring up the young kids to play. You got to play. Jordan Walker. I hope they didn't do anything to this young man, yeah. but it is – they're letting him mm. play. The Volpe's learning. Like, he came up, and he's kind of a guy that, you know, he takes balls around the edges. In the minor leagues, you get your walks. You get your – now, all of a sudden, boom, you get your pumps. Now, like, the last few games that I've seen of theirs – Yes, he's taking his pitches. He's swinging at way more early count pitches that he wasn't before. They're not pitching around you as a rookie. They're they're trying to figure out what you got. And when you hit one that deep to center, that's you know, now all of a sudden you're going to get the 2-1 breaking ball, 3-1 slider down and away trying to nibble on you. And now his his eye at the plate, it's huge. So you start popping balls out like that, there's there's some serious, some serious juju going on there. Hell yeah! What did Ichiro say? You want to know how to get more walks? Get more hits, because then they'll start pitching around you. You want to get more walks? Hit homers mm-hmm. like Barry Bonds. They'll walk you every time. Facts, Ooh. facts. Speaking of legends, mm. legends territory is out today on YouTube and on podcasts. We have Dave Stewart. Very timely. His good friend Vita Blue passed away over the weekend. Also, he covered his friendship with Reggie Jackson. There's an incredible story about the relationship and their connection, which starts at a very young age with, with Reggie helping out Dave and his friends. It's wild. You got to listen to it. But also, Dave Stewart might be the next owner in Major League Baseball, and he talked about it. Be that the commissioner who, since his first day in office, has talked about a two-team expansion, um, he will bring that subject up to the owners show them why it makes sense to do expansion. Um, obviously, play, place a vote. We believe that Nashville is probably the number one team, the one number one city for expansion, we believe. Um, we're not sure what the West Coast presence is going to be. Las Vegas was that presence. But, you know, he's also talked about Portland. Recently, Salt Lake City has come into the picture. Um, and so those could be options, maybe Sacramento. Um, I know Austin, Texas was mentioned, um, as well as a West coast presence, but you know, once Tampa has that done, um, we're thinking conservatively that this could be a three, three to five year process. 
Uh, one year has already passed since we really started seriously talking about expansion. And so we're hoping that we can field our minor league team in 27 and play Major League Baseball in 28 is what we're hoping. That's incredible. And what would you say is the percentage chance that there will be baseball in Nashville in the 2020s? Um, you know, because I'm not the commissioner and I'm not the owners, I, I can't really give you a percentage. Um, but, you know, if you're reading the articles and, and you're hearing the, 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 the talk and the whispers, um, I, I think that we have a great chance of baseball being played in Nashville in the 2020s. That's good stuff. You wow. gave us a year target, though. Dude. AJ's like, we got to get to work out there. You don't well, believe it? You didn't it? mention Orlando. Didn't you see the big article about <laughs> I didn't hear anything about Jersey either. I thought Jersey was next. Well, what are you going to do? I'm very confused here. The Orlando Nashville Dreamers. Really get a team. Nashville's going to get a team. It's, they're a lock. They're going to get a team. They're a lock. It, it, it was a, but remember, 2028. Though, no chance. They're going to build a stadium in five years? No chance. Get it approved, build it? Yes. No, dude, no way. They're doing that in Vegas, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> but, but remember Portland forever was the team, and Charlotte was the, the – they were the next two, and now it's flipped to Vegas and Nashville and Orlando. Those are the mm. three. Yeah, it's like stocks. Certain cities are rising, <laughs> certain cities are falling in terms of – How much palm grease is going on for all that stuff? Should have to that. Crazy. Hey, Dave, have you given any uh, under the table? No, they're going to give it over the table. It's going to cost the expansion <laughs> fee. <laughs> my guess is what? $3 billion for the expansion yeah. fee? Well, that's why I, think I, it's based on, I think it's based on the the median value of all teams is how they base it. And then a projection of how many years out till they start the team. And then they add a little more to it because why the hell not? They know, <laughs> <laughs> they know they're going to get it. They want it. So... Other owners I love, are going to I love when they say, I love when they say, yeah, it'll be 3.2 billion. Like that point two, like mm. you're really dumbing down what $200 million is. Like it'll be 3.2 billion, but give or take a sum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll show the promo too. So you can catch that whole episode. Dave Stewart, untold stories, unfiltered takes. Adam Jones was on with me as well for that interview. Every Wednesday, legends territory, shout out to, the MLB Players Alumni Association for setting all of that up. Baseballalumni.com for more info on your form, favorite former players and YouTube podcast version, the whole deal. The one other thing he does cover there is, of course, he grew up actually a Giants fan and then converted to an A's fan at some point. And so he covered the A's situation. And there, there was, it's the gift that keeps on giving. I want to keep reporting on it because people want it and they're not getting their A's news anywhere. It's true. Like, you know, the league won't cover it. The A's have made a deal with Bally's to demolish the Tropicana and build a one and a half billion dollar ballpark on the Vegas Strip. This according to Howard Stutz, Las Vegas locally. Things mm. are changing. What they had a binding. They had another what one. happened in the binding agreement? It's, they're just bouncing around, <laughs> baby. Greasing, they're bouncing. Greasing. They're greasing. They're greasing. They're greasing. Apparently, they're getting a little less on the public funding right now, which they're probably negotiating back. Like it was supposed to be five hundred million dollars of the people's money. Now it's down to I believe three ninety. Three ninety five. Yeah, it was the number. So yeah, it's another hundred million for them. Well, for John Fisher, it's nothing. He's a billionaire. It shouldn't matter. He shouldn't be taking a penny from anywhere. You, you're going to get it all back. But. On the strip, uh, that'd be a good spot, right? Across, I mean, that's a good spot, Tropicana, if you know where Tropicana is. Mm -hmm. 
It's not a, that's I not, agree. That's, that's a, a good spot. That's a stumble upon spot, right? Like yes. even if you're, you're walking down the street and it's a day game and you had a few or you stayed up all night and you had a good day or a good night at the tables, you are like, oh, the A's are playing judges in town. All right. Will they keep the A's though? If it's Oakland, you think they'll it'll be the Las Vegas A's? No, they'll switch the name. They're the Aces out there. Is that the AAA? Yeah. Right. So I would think they'll they'll switch the name. I don't know because I think, like you said yesterday, they want to rebrand. Yeah. Oh yeah. They don't want to be tied to to that situation because it, if it, it happens, if it if that scenario happens, what you just said, you stayed up all night, you have your your <laughs> kind of still stumbling into a day game. And then you got to sit through a, an A's game. You might want to just leave. In the third <laughs> <game>. <laughs> oh, but you, know, you know, you know, you go to oh. Vegas, like top father and me are going to Vegas actually to play in a, a poker tournament, a little action there for bet. MGM I can't imagine Todd too. has a very good poker face. Oh, Todd <laughs> is a fucking poker stud. I, I kid you not. Tell him how many people were playing no. in that tournament. Listen, I don't, I don't, I don't want AJ. AJ's always bashing me, by he doesn't. No, I'm serious because you, you, you're no, emotional. No, tell him you don't emotional. want to smoke, Listen, Todd. He wants to poker tournament. Really? This With guy. how many? People? I suck at poker. I can't keep my face straight. Four hundred people in that tournament. No, Todd? there were there was over eight hundred and fifty people and end up winning the whole thing. So nice, let's go, Todd. Let's go. That's awesome. Thirty grand. Oh, wait, how long did you have grand. to sit there though? How long did you have to sit there? Though? It was like eight hours. It was long. Yeah, I get bored. I had no chance. I'm bored. Adderall for days. Oh, there ain't enough Adderall in the world. To... <laughs> You're not going. I know. That's why I ain't going. Because here's my poker. Here's my poker face. All in. All in. Yeah. Free buy. All in. Yeah, and that'll get you out that's, in five minutes. That's why I don't do poker. Right. I don't have the attention span. Well, Todd and me will play. Yeah, good luck, Todd. We'll, I, hope you, I really do hope you win because I want to see your trophy next to your uh, your home run derby. Uh, I'm, get, I'm getting the ring. I'm or the bracelet, the World Series ah. of Poker bracelet, baby. Hell yeah, Not, hell yeah. That's next month in June. Get ready for it. So, I do think that's a good spot, though. I agree. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, and but you know how you go to Vegas. Last thing, and then we'll we'll hit the bets real quick. You go to Vegas after whatever two three days, you're like. If you did it right, you're ready to go. So if the A's are like they are now, you go there and you're ready to go. <laughs> like, all right, I'm making the flight a little earlier. I've done that twice out of like five Vegas trips where I go, I'm, I'm going to fly out a, a few hours earlier. Like, I don't need the rest of today. What am I going to do? Sit at the pool? I'm dead. Take the 6 a.m. Just go straight. You do you, Scott. Thank you. And let's slap hands. <laughs> Pittsburgh's losing again, the Pirates. <laughs> Didn't you say earlier in the show, oh, they're up one nothing. Well, they were, they were up 3 nothing actually, now they're losing. Is that base is loaded with mm -hmm. my terrible eyesight that I see yeah. over there? Mm. Yes. Rich mm. Hill. Okay. Mm -mm. Dick Mountain. So we have a lot to do in slap pants. That I think is the earliest we've ever gotten to slap pants. Two, 2.53 Eastern. Mm -hmm. Proud of us. I want Kratzy to start because he sent us a picture in the group text last night of the linesman having some issues. <laughs> Stop it. Do not drink in line. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. If you're listening to the podcast, you need to catch the end of this show on YouTube. No. You need to. That's not real. Time out. 
the, the shadow, he even cut the outside of the grass too to make it look, oh my God. <laughs> wow, man, that's phenomenal. It looks like a road map, like of a mountain in Colorado. It looked like one of the prospects getting called up to go play left field and go chase fly balls that he's normally a third baseman. <laughs> Just go play left field. Just go oh, run after it. That's great. Oh, man. Yeah. But that is that. The other picture that I sent was home plate and home plate. The, the batter's boxes, instead of being in the middle of home plate, they were out in front. So the so the foul line connected to the back of home plate. But it, con- it connected halfway, halfway through the batter's box. Oh, oh man, that's too much, man. But it was sent to it was sent to me by Wayne Benner, the uh, head coach of the softball team at the school where I, at Doc at Doc Academy, and he won his 250th game yesterday. So congratulations to him. But he sent me that picture. Yeah, he, he won because everything was off. That's why he won. He put it. That's home field advantage for sure. He put it at the Holy bottom. Shit. He said, "Game day." And <laughs> that's uh, not okay. No, that is no. not okay. Hopefully, they, they were on the road, right? No, it's not your home field. Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right, it doesn't matter. Awkward. Uh, you, you, down here? No, down here. No one like the the freaking clubhouse that AJ is a part of. Oh right, yeah. coaches. No. You go to prison if you have lines like that. No, you're. No, you, re- like you get that. booted. Are there fields with lines like, like that? that? Not like not that. Like that. That, <laughs> that is that could go viral. That's bad. That should yeah. not be allowed for a real game of no. any kind, of any age. I just want to know who 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 did that and said, oh, and they stand there and they look at the foul and they say, that looks right. <laughs> That's what I usually see. <laughs> this one right you here. On. It you went just, like you just yep, move on. perfect. You know who did that? The same person who designed Great Britain's uniforms in the WBC (laughs) (laughs) and said, yep, that's it. That's the one. Nailed it. (sighs) Okay, Todd, you're next. Yes. Um, Are we going to shoot this video first? I I would love to shoot it while I'm talking. Josh Allen, absolute phenomenal quarterback for the Bills, hitting absolute tanks in this softball home run derby, it looks like here. Where that's in, um, where's that in uh, Buffalo. Buffalo, Buffalo Bison. Yeah. Hitting absolute cranks. I'm going to fire off some stats while he's swinging here. So this doesn't make any sense to me. He went to, and he actually went to fireball Eagles high school. His 87 games played in high school, 352 average 421 on base percentage. Hold on here. 81 runs scored 99 hits, eight triples. Now hear me out here. He had zero tanks in high school. So what it, he must have been a punch and Judy hitter in high school. That's the only thing I can think about it. And oh man, just absolute mammo swings right there. I, I, I don't see the punch and Judy in that swing. That one didn't get out, but he is in an absolute mammos, but zero tanks in high school. Come on, man. I, I'm, I'm lost. You looked at the swing. I mean, that's his a swing. That's a, Big dude. He's a big – he was little, though, because remember, if you remember about Josh Allen, he wasn't recruited out of high school very much. Remember, he went junior no. college and he played at, like, Wyoming, no. I think? He did. So, he, he did. wasn't – so, I'm assuming he was probably about this big around mm-hmm. and probably not as tall. And then he went to college and they were like, hey, this is how you lift weights and you <laughs> eat. And then you become this monster of a dude in the NFL. And that swing? Oh, that, that was a good softball swing. He's got the softball swing down. Yeah. Ferocious. Those are some Leg tanks. kicks. 
I played there. Vinny Pescucci is the only one. <laughs> Val, Valentino Pescucci is the only one putting the ball over that net right there. That net is high and it's hey, saving cars from hey, just getting molly whopped. And him he and, was going over the net with a softball. <laughs> Woof. Him and Juan Francisco going opposite field. That guy could hit him out anywhere. <laughs> Juan Francisco. Juan Francisco. Oh, yes. Juan Francisco, Willie Mopena, Franchi Cordero. Yes. Ellie De La Cruz. Jeff Manto. I saw a Jeff Manto retired number there in that shot. Too. Jeff Manto, yeah. Bristol PA's finest. Mm. Yeah, that guy would. He would get cut from a team, and then he would go and sign with Buffalo for and play in AAA and get a little extra cash. But he cash. would always come back and play for Buffalo. He's like he's the greatest Buffalo Bison player of all time. <laughs> all right, so ready for mine? So it's so timely because it's a live show. Mookie Betts is at the dish right now with the bases loaded. His team is absolutely crushing Milwaukee. Again, mm. it's 7-1 at the moment. So here's the tweet. He would not stay in Milwaukee's haunted Fisher Hotel. Instead, opted for renting an Airbnb. Bill Plunkett, Orange County Register. So he does that. And what does he do yesterday? Two pitches in. Dinger. Team wins. That is a winning move. Because that hotel's weird. Because people were all asking that did, don't know about the Fisher. Like, oh, they're ghosts. Or whatever. And Mookie was basically like, no, just creaky and noisy and, and weird. So... He just wants to stay in a normal place. It's by far the weirdest uh, hotel situation, I would say. That's like in the rotation where where people stay, where teams stay. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. I mean, for me, I've... There's I'm, more than one haunted hotel in the big leagues. There's a place in St. Pete called the Vinoy that is also famously haunted. And players still stay there? Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Listen, that Fister has some monster pancakes, bro. Some of the best I've had on the They're road. They were like, yeah. Oh. That was where the Jim Rome interview happened, too. They got me the call from Bud Seeley that we talked about. Was in Milwaukee? It was in the Fister, yeah. Fister? Yeah. Weird shit goes down there. I mean, Kratzy played in Milwaukee. My thing just was, because I stayed there probably three, four times, and then we actually spoke to some of our travel people, and we're like, is there anything else there? I just, it's, it's old and it's noisy, because it's creaky, and it, it hasn't really been renovated as far as I can see. It's so only the one I, side of the hotel. I'm a light sleeper. I can't sleep there. It's only one side of the hotel. If if you're the guy that gets gets the um, in your contract, you get the suites, that's the side that you're in trouble. And if you're on the other side, you're good. I'm a suites guy, you know. Of course, no, so it's in my contract. Nice, I'm not talking so about nice candy hotels. either. I'm not talking about candy suites. I'm talking about a suite <laughs> no, room. I know. I know it's in my contract because AJ was calling me out at the beginning of the show. Like, oh, I didn't play. It's in my contract. Let's go. Not Listen, my playing contract, my uh, broadcast okay. contract. Just so want to be clear, we broadcaster. Had this we no, everyone says it's not haunted. And I always and I when you sent this in the text thread, I said I always asked for the haunted room and I never got it, which I did. I'd be like, I want the haunted room. And they're in the Vinoy. I'd say, I want the haunted room. I want to talk to the ghost. I want the ghost to come see me. Never happened. How'd that go? We had a coat and then, damn ghost never came. I want to talk ball. Three in the morning, wake me up. We can chat all night. The we had a coach though when I was in Minnesota, Jerry White, who's our first base coach. He comes in, we stay at the Fister. He's he tired. I'm like, Jerry, what happened? He's like, I had a ghost last night. I'm like, what? What? So yeah, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like this in my bed, and the sheets were tight on me and I couldn't move. And I woke up and I couldn't move. And I said, What did you drink last night? He said, Nothing, nothing, I swear. And all the lights were on, the TV was on. I said, so you passed out under the covers? He said, no, I swear I turned all the lights off. The TV was off and there was someone on my chest. I couldn't move. And all of a sudden I said, help. And it got up and I got, and I woke up and got up. I'm like, what? You're crazy. There's no way. 
And that's the story that everyone tells. You wake up and all your lights are on. Well, one time we, we pranked, I think it was Jace Peterson. We went to Milwaukee and Johnny Gomes, he was scared to death of him. I had dudes that didn't stay there. They would go to, like, Adrian Beltre wouldn't stay there. He went to a different hotel. Nope. No, thank you. And Jace Peterson was scared to death of ghosts. So they snuck into his room middle of the night and they broke stuff on his wind on his mirror in the bathroom and turned the somehow got the lights to go on and off Troop, out of the hotel middle of the night no shit oh yeah he checked out in the middle yeah of the night. you guys didn't tell him no i didn't win <laughs> a part of it i didn't hear about it till the next day wow they wrote like in lipstick on the mirror like all this i don't know so mm. it's the prank hotel at this point it's the perfect setup hotel yeah there's so many the nicer places to stay like, let's be honest. Milwaukee's got some really cool places to stay. The beds aren't even that comfortable there. Like, no, there's no ghosts in there. But, like, don't give me a big old feather bed. Like, give me something nice. Like, something more contemporary. A little more space. Like, no. Don't. Stop. Stop. Could not agree more. That was my number one thing. I was like, why? I don't, I don't get it here. It's just weird. It doesn't fit the rest of what we're staying in. I don't, I don't need super bougie. I just want like a normal place. Like you can marry at Hilton kind of situation all day. Like that's fine. That's good. I just didn't understand why then you, you get to Milwaukee and you're like, what is this? I'm in, I'm in Amish country or something. It's weird. So Kratz like hats, what do you I got? I think it's nice. Fester, if you want to give me a free room, who's, I love who's it. Who's got I'll the, the sirens? Who's got the sirens? That's me. That's me. I got to get out of here. Yeah, Uh-oh. well, we got to go. Kratz hats, finish up. <laughs> the last New Haven Ravens hat I found. So you can tell I used to wear this thing when I would work in the offseason because I was like, well, I'm never playing again after playing in that stadium. But New Haven <laughs> Ravens, the home field, it's just, it's luscious. It's what old school guys, true old school guys like me and AJ know about. And, right. the, and the name rhymes, which is great. Just like Scherzer tying it all back. Trying like hell not to join the IL. That doesn't rhyme. It's close though. Hell, Scott's world. Yeah. (laughs) You know who's joining us tomorrow? Freddie Peralta, Mr. Smiles, and Zach Gallant, Cy Young candidate, swinging by FT Live. Good stuff today, boys. See you Thursday. Foul Territory fans, listen up. Our friends at BetMGM are running an MLB Bet $10, get $100 instantly promo with the bonus code SPICYMLB. Here's how it works. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your newly created account. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android. Place a pregame money line wager of at least $10 on any MLB team to win at standard odds price and you will receive $100 in bonus bets instantly. If you sign up in Massachusetts or Ohio, you receive $200 in bonus bets. Use the bonus code SPICYMLB.